I'm Jamie Gennaro, and this is Business for Humans. Let's talk about taking your business to a new level without the suits and without being a robot. Here, you can be yourself, you can be imperfect, you can be flawed, and you can still have raging success. So let's go. Well, hello, everybody. It's very hot in the Netherlands. I was so, I wouldn't say excited about fall, but just ready. Coming back from summer holiday, feeling like, okay, switch out the clothes, put the shorts away. And now it is blazing. I am sweating. (laughs) And like, I'm still trying to figure out what to wear because I'm like, wait, is it fall? I don't know. I'm confused. All I know is I'm sweating like crazy and like taking two showers a day. Because when it's hot in the Netherlands, it just feels off somehow. I I really I mean, there's no air conditioning. So anyway, that's what's happening to me, my side of the world right now. And today I want to talk about money. I want to talk about scarcity, and I want to talk about investments. And I am 0% financial advisor, so I don't want you to go into this thinking you're going to learn about investments. It's not that kind of investment. I want to talk about where you're spending your money and where you're spending your time and think about investments from that perspective. So it's sort of looking back on what you've invested in and then starting to alter the way you spend money going forward and considering some bigger assets, but this is not like an investment lesson. So just know that going in. So I like to think about money in three categories. And if you disagree, feel free to comment because I think this is, I think money is a really interesting topic and it's so emotional and it means so much to people that it's going to get people fired up. And it should. (laughs) Hopefully it does. So the three categories I like to think about money in are survival. So we have our survival needs, which are basically our food, our shelter, and the basics of clothing, right? We could take clothing to all sorts of levels, but let's just say making sure you're warm enough, making sure you have something on your feet, baseline. Okay, so we have survival spending. It's a really good idea to know what's that number, especially if you're a business owner. What's your, what's that like baseline number that you have to meet? And baseline includes utilities if you live in in a house. Um, It does not include Netflix or Apple TV Plus or the myriad of other things. This is super baseline. You do need heat and you need water and you need plumbing, sewage, anything like that included in your baseline budget. Any above and beyond do not include in this number. Know your baseline number. Okay, level two is what is that above baseline number without getting into luxury spending? So this means a second pair of shoes a second jacket, things that are still helpful in moving you forward. This might be a computer. So it's things that you need to move forward, but it's not things that you need to survive. Does that make sense? 
So you don't need a phone to survive, but you do need a phone if you're moving yourself forward, right? If you're trying to have a job, be a part of society, you're going to need a phone. But it's not a baseline survival number, right? So I don't want you to think about luxury spending, but this is things that you do need to move forward, like a haircut. You're probably going to pay for a haircut. Now, I'm not talking about like a $500 day at the spa. I'm talking about your baseline, just above survival (laughs) haircut. And what's interesting is it's for some people, it's really hard to pull them into this space. They're like, oh, I know my budget. I like to spend 500 bucks a month on hair. So I just put that into my budget. That's not what we're doing here. (laughs) Okay, just recalibrate. I want to know your survival baseline. I don't want to know it. I want you to know it. And I want to know what's that next level up that's moving you forward. In the Netherlands, you need a bike. So that's going to be, it's not your survival number, although it might be if that's how you get to work, but it's kind of that next level up of what you need to be a part of society, have a job, get to that job, et cetera. Okay. And then on top of that, we have what I'm going to call for now. And I'm probably going to get a lot of pushback, but I'm just going to sit here for a minute. The above that is what I would like to call scarcity spending. Okay. So there's luxury spending. And I think that there's a place for that. Okay. I'm going to address it very minimally in this, in this call today, in this podcast episode. (laughs) Um, What I want to call it is scarcity. Okay. Here's why. I think what happens when we get to that above and beyond level, okay, when we start to buy every type of streaming package possible, when we start spending money on skincare and clothes and hair, when we start spending money on, I don't know, what are the other things? I'm not even going to, let's, I'm not going to put travel into this category. Okay. So if you're like, I spent all my money on travel. No, I'm thinking about the things you spend money on that are depreciating assets. So a fancy car, the minute you pay for that, it's depreciating in value. So anything that is not enriching your life or helping you move forward or an investment in your business. Okay, we're not talking about investments. I'm talking about scarcity spending. Now, the irony is that when you don't know your baseline and you don't know that next level spend, you end up in scarcity spending for a lot of your time. Because what what do I mean by that? I mean that you're spending money on things that you think are going to fill a void in your life. and. Again, I know I'm going to get a lot of pushback because there's joyful spending where you're like, I like Netflix. It gives me joy. And there's also Netflix also makes you buffer away from the things that you need to do in your life. So yes, I'm not saying don't spend on pleasure, but when you're in that third tier, I want you to think about what you're spending money on in that third tier. What are you spending money on that you don't need? Okay. This is scarcity spending. And when you think about this number, I want you to think about it 
across a year, what if you could just gauge, you don't have to go through your bank account, but if you could gauge how many purses or extra pairs of shoes or haircuts you didn't need, or I don't know what else is in that category. I don't, I don't spend a lot of time in that space. I have to say, I do buy my kids things to spoil them. And they, and that falls into that category. And if I break it down, there's a reason, right? I'm feeling some void and I'm trying to fill it with gifts <laughs> for my kids. I don't go overboard. They're not spoiled. But on birthdays, I do like to splurge my kids. So just, I want you to go back through the year and think about in that third tier, what you've spent money on and make a list. And I want you to be really honest with yourself of the things you remember, because probably when you bought those things, there was a little twinge that was like, I don't really need this. Now, I'm not trying to lecture you on where you should or shouldn't spend money. I just want to look honestly at where you're spending. Now, this last tier is your appreciating investment spend, okay? So an appreciating asset is something that, just as it sounds, is going to increase in value. So you spend a certain amount knowing that it's going to pay itself off or it's going to somehow be making you money. Okay, that's the ultimate goal of an investment. So I like to look at this last category as separate from the scarcity spend because you might be spending money in this category and thinking it's a scarcity spend. And I think it's an important distinction. So here are some things that I would put into that category. Education. If you run your own business, anything you're spending in your business, anything, really, it can be anything. If it's for your business, it's, a, it's an asset, right? You're, it's an investment that you're making in your business, which is an asset, okay? Your brain. So anything that you're doing to enrich your brain, books. We have sort of an endless um, fund for the kids for books. We've basically told them, if you ever want to buy a book, we won't say no. And my daughter just went out and bought four books yesterday. And I was like, maybe I should have told them not all at once. But I love this in our family because it's an investment, right? You buy books or you, you know, by used, I mean, they don't have to be new books, but I think this idea of like, you're enriching yourself in some way, you're, you're enriching your brain. So any books, self-help books, business books, fiction, even too. I think any amount of time that your brain is spending, putting pieces together, imagining something, visualizing something, creating a whole world. I mean, these are all things that are valuable for you and your growth. So education. And I would put travel into that category. And a lot of people are like, oh, but travel, it's like a luxurious spend. Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. If you're an expat, you need to spend money going home. You need to see your people. You need to reconnect with your culture. You need to be on the ground of your ancestors, right? Like you just need to feel that sometimes. And, you know, I'm not trying to get into a category of like people have money and people who, who don't, right? We're starting at that baseline. 
we're all trying to meet at that baseline survival number. And then we're kind of looking at what we spend money outside of that. So if you are someone who's lucky enough to be able to fund travel, fund, I think that travel is an experience that enriches you, that gives, that adds to your cumulative knowledge about people, culture, geography, and everything else that comes with travel. It's, it enriches your life and it gives you experiences. So I call that, you know, that goes into this appreciating investment category. So I want you to look at the way you're spending money in these ways. Okay, make sure your baseline is covered before you go into any other space. Okay, your baseline survival number needs to be covered before you go out and buy a phone, before you go out and book a trip. Okay, we have this feeling inside of us. This is why it's scarcity spending. We have this place inside of us that feels small or feels insecure or feels worried or unsure of things. And sometimes we fill that void with spending on things that are not our baseline survival. So make sure you can meet that baseline survival number and then you won't have any guilt or regret or fear about what you're spending, okay? And now I think when you look at these two other numbers, I want you to just know where you're at, right? Know what's what you're spending that's appreciating and know what you're spending on that's depreciating. And in this moment, we don't have to judge it. It's not right or wrong, but I want you to be making intentional decisions about where your money is going. So if you're spending a lot of money on things that you don't need and aren't enriching, just be curious about that and ask yourself why, right? Like, why am I spending money here? Do I like my reasons? If you like your reasons, there is nothing wrong with it. If you can meet your baseline and you like your reasons, then do it. If you're not meeting your baseline and you don't like your reasons, I would reevaluate where you're at with money in your life. And then what you want to do as much as possible is try to shift some of that above baseline funding into appreciating assets. And one way you can test your hypothesis of these appreciating investments is to break down the math. So I have an example for you because I have been doing this podcast for give or take six months. Let's just say it's about six months. I've been doing it once a week. This was a huge goal of mine to get off the ground and to stay consistent. So thank God for Burgundy Productions, who is doing my (laughs) engineering, um, because it makes it really easy for me to just record an episode, send it off, then they process it and get it uploaded. So it's making it easier on me to stay consistent. But it's also an investment, right? So there's there's a cash investment to this podcast, and there's also a time investment. So I got really excited today because I got my first client consult call 
through the podcast. Six months hasn't happened before. And, and you all know, if you've been listening to me, that's not why I do this, right? So why do I do this? Why am I investing time? Why have I invested about 26 to 30 hours on the podcast, right? So it's invest, an investment in time and an investment in money. So don't just look at your appreciating asset number in, in cash number. Think about it also in terms of what amount of time have you spent on these things, like these travel experiences or, or other things. So the podcast is interesting because I, I wanted to know, okay, so let's say this, this client, this potential client, this consult person turns into a client. Okay, great. So, so now I'm like offsetting the investment time potentially, right? But if I look at the podcast, like how much I've spent and then how many hours I've put into it, I want to see what else I'm getting out of it. So yes, potentially I might get clients from this, but what is the reason I really sit down every week to do this? So here's why. Research into topics that are really interesting to me. So education. The experience of doing it. I feel like every time I sit down to do it, I get a little smoother. I get a little bit more comfortable. I understand the timing a little bit better. I like think about topics that I think will resonate with, with my people, right? So experience, great reason to invest time. Joy. <laughs> and like, I say this with like the biggest heart. I freaking love doing this. I love seeing if I can disseminate information that's interesting to me and turn it into information that's helpful and interesting to you. And if it is, that's a huge win. And it gives me so much joy. Like when somebody came in through the podcast funnel, I wasn't as excited like maybe this person will become a client. But I was excited because I was like, this person just entered my community. Like this is someone I don't know. Because I always make the joke, like, I know my, my two listeners, right? I know you guys. <laughs> like, I know you well. And I'm so happy that you're still listening. But also this new person kind of came in the door, which means we just added someone to our community. So now we're four. <laughs> so, but that's, to me, like this community piece is really huge. Because look at us. You know, we're, we're here trying to elevate as leaders. We're trying to be good people. We're trying to make impact. We're trying to help further businesses that we think aren't like raping and pillaging the environment. <laughs> We're trying to, you know, elevate other leaders, support each other. That's a huge community piece. So if you listen to this and you're like, yeah, sing it, sister. <laughs> like, I get it. I want to be on your team. This is a way for me to connect with you. So that's community. So I have invested, you know, 30 hours of this year building experience, feeling really a lot of joy, expanding my knowledge base and building community. So to me, I'm like, if clients come in, that's crazy. First of all, like, really? That's amazing. And if they don't, guess what? I'm still going to invest. I'm going to invest my time and energy until I don't feel like I'm learning anymore, until it's not giving me joy, until I feel like I'm not building community. So until then, this investment to me is 100% worth it. So appreciating asset here. 
this podcast. Totally feel it. So if there's anything in your life where you're like, I'm spending a lot of time on this thing, what's the what's sort of the investment? What am I investing and what am I getting out of this thing? I think it's worth actually like really writing it down because some things that you're investing in, and it might be your time as an employee, some of those things are just directly turning around cash, right? So when you think about the time, effort, all the the things you're investing in, let's say your job as an employee, are you getting those things back that you expect from the level of investment that you're making? And if you're not, is there a place where you can pull back? Is there something you can shift? Like what can you do to make that investment feel worthwhile to you? List out all the things that you want to be getting back, right? And I don't mean getting back. I mean, for me, like what I get from this podcast, right? It's like the joy, the community, the expansion, the experience, It's not like I'm getting something back from it. It's just that's what I'm getting when I decide to invest. And so I think it's interesting to just look at all the things that you, that are these kind of appreciating investments in your life and then see if they're really lining up with your expectations. Another big thing that I put into this category, if you're a parent, is your children, right? So we invest time, we invest money, we invest energy. And it's also good to recalibrate that. Like, you know, what level of investment do you want to make? Are you making the level of investment that you want to make considering how, you know, how this investment of time and energy in your kids is going to, you know, how it's going to make you feel and how it's going to make them feel and what's going to come out of it, right? So I think that's interesting too. Like if you're thinking about buying books, like parenting books or taking a parenting class or hiring a parenting coach or all these things that you might invest in, look at like, is it worth it? Do you like your reasons for spending money on it? And does it feel like the level of investment that you want to be making, right? Ultimately, when we look at money and we look at the way we relate to the time that's usually related to the money, (laughs) there's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of resistance. There's a lot of regret. There's a lot of grabbing energy and that kind of scarcity feeling. And so when you look at money in these categories, you're taking the emotion out of it. You're not judging yourself for spent overspending or spending in that category of scarcity, you're just taking a moment to not do it subconsciously, to not let your subconscious drive the way that you spend money and the way that you invest in assets. Because ultimately, whenever we look to our past, we just want to keep it as clean as possible, right? Today is going to be our future past. So what decisions can we make today that we're going to feel good about when we look back on today. So we don't have to have guilt or regret. So just clean it up, right? Like, it, and again, it's not with judgment. I don't want you to beat yourself up because you see that, you know, you're leaning really heavy into this scarcity spending. 
I just want you to recognize it. That's really all coaching is. Like it's not, you don't want to beat yourself up with these tools. You want to use them to be really cognizant of where you're at right now so you can make decisions to be intentional going forward. You just don't want to get caught in a spin of making decisions that really aren't guided by what's best for you, what's ultimately going to be best for you. So I hope that's helpful. You know, the reason why this is so important to me is because, you know, money and scarcity is something that comes up so much with my business clients. And it's something that comes up for me. So last two weekends ago, I was feeling really stressed about money. Like I came back from from holiday and of course, you know, sometimes you overspend. (laughs) I was doing some scarcity spending when I was on holiday and I kind of was like letting loose as if I didn't have a budget. And I got back and I had a lot of regret about overspending. And then I was in a transition at work because I always am. Like I always have this kind of inter-seasonal transition period. It's just a natural rhythm of my business where in between seasons, I kind of have these dips. And I always forget and then I freak out. And, um, and it's interesting because even with like a really stable income, even with a really stable business, it's funny how our brain goes into these places where we're like, but it's, but this is my chance to freak out. Like I haven't freaked out in a while about money. Okay, well, now's my chance. And, and it's interesting because there's no proof to back up a real like logical reason for me to be concerned about money. There's not a, I mean, if you, you know, if you do the math, there's not a real reason for it, but my brain is trying to find evidence to protect me and to keep me in a certain, you know, state of being. And, and I kind of like, I don't know, I just kind of fell back a little bit and forgot my work. You know I mean? And it happens. Like sometimes we just get into that place. We get into a spin and we just forget our tools. <laughs> I know how to do this. How come all of a sudden I forget? And in any case, I took a, an online course about money. And the biggest awareness I had was this. They didn't label the, the categories of spending in the same way, but they talked about this idea of appreciating investments and appreciating assets. And they talked about travel. And it's sort of like really relaxed my nervous system to have someone externally tell me that travel is an appreciating asset. Because for me, it's basically where I spend all my extra money. So I don't buy things. I buy experiences. Like it, I don't know what part of me sort of turned off this need for things. Like I just, I think I bought one, like, so the last time I bought a purse, because people use purses as an example, I bought a purse on the beach from a Moroccan guy for 20 bucks. It came with two purses (laughs) two years ago. I just stopped using that purse because the whole inside was like ripping apart. I just bought a new purse. Okay, I spent a little bit more than 20 bucks. But so I, you know, that's the way I spend money on those types of goods. It's like a step above baseline. Just like I can't, I need a purse. 
this one that I bought on the beach is awesome, but I think I do need to upgrade because it's just not very professional to walk around with a purse that's all broken. So anyway, there was a part of me that just felt this comfort in the idea. And right, this is all our thoughts and our stories. But I felt some comfort in this idea that what I'm spending money on is an investment, right? I'm not, it's not throwing money away. When I think about the experiences and the ways that my family has been enriched through travel and through these experiences. And this all comes from, I needed to think about money in this way for myself because my block is feeling irresponsible about money. Because I've seen that in my past. I've seen people be irresponsible with money. And so I've had this fear of like, I do not want to be irresponsible with money. Whatever I do with money, I just don't want to throw it away or waste it or be irresponsible. I always want to have a safety net. I always want to be protected. So we all have these things that we carry around. And so it's good, again, to just be looking at money in a way that you're conscious of it, that you're conscious of the way you're spending, that you're clear on your baseline and that you're getting your baseline covered before you do anything else so that you don't have to go into the future with any guilt, with any resentment, with any regret, with any feelings that are holding you back from all the money that's out there that you deserve. And that's there for everyone, right? Like it's, there's no limit. So whatever's holding you back or keeping you from understanding your blocks and your, um, anything that's potentially holding you back, just get conscious about it. And again, this is not about like some people have it and some people don't and this and that. It's like, We all have to get our baseline covered. So let's get creative about what that means. And let's stop thinking that to chase the dreams and, and what everyone else is doing, we should be spending more than we have, right? Just get comfortable with your baseline so that it feels easy, so that you're there and meeting those needs without trying to stretch beyond it because you're feeling like you're missing something, right? You're not, trust me. Not. We want to get you out of that scarcity mode so that you get more comfortable making intentional decisions about where you're investing your time and where you're investing your money. So I hope this was helpful. I really think this is such important work that we all need. I mean, I think money just holds a really, you know, weird place in our society and our global community. So I think the more we're conscious of it and working together to kind of solve those, um, you know, just problem solve and, and find a way so that everyone can meet that baseline. I think that's just the ideal, right? So if you have ideas about what money means to you, if you disagree with me, Leave it in the comments. I think these kinds of conversations are really productive and helpful. So I'd love to hear from you. And I will leave it at that. Talk to you next week. You've been listening to Business for Humans. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And please leave a review so that other business owners can find the show. Learn more at practica.consulting.com.